everyone, and welcome to the Talking Tax Podcast. My name is Meg Davis, and joining me as host are Jamie Hendricks, Maria McCollum, and Madison Lee. We want to thank you for joining us today. I think we have a great topic to discuss, so we'll just go ahead and jump right in it. Our topic today is Caterpillar's 15-year tax saga. I want to start by giving you a little background information in case you aren't already familiar with the company, and then we'll get into the scandal. Caterpillar is the world's largest manufacturer of construction and mining equipment, off-highway diesel and natural gas engines, industrial gas turbines, and diesel electric locomotives. In California in 1925, two competitors, Benjamin Holt and C.L. Best, joined forces with the goal of transforming the lives of their customers. And the company remains a leader in the industry nearly 100 years later. In fact, it was Benjamin Holt who was the first person to replace the wheels on a steam tractor with a pair of tracks, creating what we know today as the Dozier. The Holt family noticed that the way this newly modified machine moved resembled the crawl of, you guessed it, a Caterpillar. From there, the name of the company became the Caterpillar Tractor Company. Today, it's known as Caterpillar Incorporated and is now headquartered in Irving, Texas, and has more than 500 locations throughout the U.S. and worldwide, including Europe, Asia, and Africa. Caterpillar is currently a Fortune 500 company and just recently recorded sales and revenues of $51 billion in 2021. The company prides itself on, quote, making our work environment and the world around us better through our actions. It does this by focusing on integrity, excellence, teamwork, commitment, and sustainability. All this information was gathered from the official Caterpillar website, so feel free to check it out if you want to learn more about the company. But before we begin our discussion of the tax scandal, I want to let you hear from CEO Jim Umplaby himself, what he had to say a few years ago amidst the investigation. This clip is from the Nightly Business Report YouTube page, and here it is. We were surprised by the actions of last week because, in fact, we have been cooperating with authorities, and we are cooperating and we look forward to a resolution of these matters. We're Caterpillar, we've been in business for almost 100 years. We're an honorable company. We live by a code of conduct and a set of core values. If something appears to violate that code, we take appropriate action. So as you can see, it was very important to the company to maintain its image during the investigation. Jamie, I'll let you go ahead and take it away with how this scandal started. Thanks, Meg. With that wonderful history, while they were headquartered in Illinois prior to their move to Texas, Caterpillar was suspected of deferring or avoiding payment of $2.4 billion in U.S. taxes from 2000 to 2012 by shifting over $8 billion worth of part sales to a Swiss, Swiss subsidiary company named SARL. There was no cat warehouse in Switzerland to store any parts. In 1999, Caterpillar started using the SARL unit in Switzerland to record most of the profit from selling Caterpillar replacement parts to non-U.S. customers. The company negotiated with Switzerland to pay an, a tax, an effective tax rate of 4 to 6% on profits earned in the country instead of the much higher 34% United States tax rate. With no physical presence in Switzerland, around $5.6 billion worth of profits from foreign sales are recorded as coming from the Swiss subsidiary. Now over to Maria for some more detail. So by 2008, Caterpillar had successfully shifted 45% of its global revenues and 43% of its overall profits to the Swiss unit 
while it employed less than 1% of Caterpillar's total employees. Swiss-owned parts held in the United States were separated on paper, but physically they were mixed in with U.S.-owned parts, and many employees confirmed that there was no physical way to differentiate them from each other. Global orders were still shipped from their Illinois warehouse and not from Switzerland. Caterpillar paid PricewaterhouseCoopers $55 million to create their Swiss tax plan, while PwC was also serving as their auditor. And this definitely could be seen as a conflict of interest. However, the company stated that its tax avoidance tactics were not in result of any idea from PwC. In result of this plan, Caterpillar experienced a large buildup of cash and had to move as much as $70 million a year back to the United States to meet the company's cash, cash requirements. Their global tax strategy manager questioned whether the Swiss unit did enough substantive business in Switzerland to qualify for taxation outside of the United States. This all came to light in 2009 when a whistleblower lawsuit from a former executive in the company accused Caterpillar of using subsidiaries in Switzerland and Bermuda to avoid U.S. taxes from 2000 to 2009. Three of their offices near their headquarters in Illinois were then raided by federal authorities. The authorities seized anything that could have been used to create or contain information about incorrect financial statements and reports. The settlement reached recently totaled $740 million. $490 million of that was for taxes owed and $250 million was for interest. The settlement allowed the company to avoid any penalties. After the scandal, Caterpillar decided to move their headquarters to Texas and try to move on. And now I'm going to turn it over to Madison for her to talk about some applicable primary authorities. Thank you, Maria. So according to the Internal Revenue Code, Section 482, Allocation of income and deduction among organizations, trades, or businesses owned or controlled by the same interest may only distribute, apportion, or allocate gross income, deductions, credits, or allowances between or among such organizations, trades, or businesses if he determines that such distribution, apportionment, or allocation is necessary in order to prevent evasion of taxes or clearly to reflect the income of any of such organizations, trades, or businesses. Assignments of income between a parent corporation and a subsidiary are closely regulated due to the opportunity of false reporting to occur in these situations. A parent corporation often tries to assign income to an offshore subsidiary to avoid the high tax rate at home and take advantage of the lower tax rate overseas. By doing this, the parent corporation ends up paying less in tax. The assignment of income doctrine prevents this effort by taxing the company that actually earned the income or that owned the income generating property. Caterpillar could have successfully avoided the higher tax rates in the United States if they had actually shifted income generating business overseas like they were claiming that they did. Many companies take advantage of offshore subsidiaries to achieve this very purpose. Offshore profit shifting is another situation that occurs when a U.S. company manipulates the transfer pricing process to sell assets that it developed in the United States to its subsidiary in a low tax jurisdiction like Switzerland for a price that is lower than fair market value. According to U.S. tax law, a subsidiary is required to pay arm's length prices for these assets. 
Multinational corporations do not hesitate to take advantage of this opportunity to set an artificially low sales price to minimize the U.S. parent company's taxable income. By doing this, these corporations shift profits from assets developed in the United States to subsidiaries and tax havens and other low-tax jurisdictions. It is widely known that the transfer pricing process is greatly taken advantage of and has resulted in significant revenue loss to the U.S. government. In a 2010 report, the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation wrote that a principal tax policy concern is that profits may be artificially inflated in low-tax countries and depressed in high-tax countries through aggressive transfer pricing that does not reflect an arm's-length result from a related party transaction. Lastly, the economic substance doctrine also applies. In the case of any transaction to which the economic substance doctrine is relevant, such transaction shall be treated as having economic substance only if the transaction changes in a meaningful way the taxpayer's economic position and the taxpayer has a substantial purpose for entering into such transaction. Now, Jamie will close us out. In conclusion, it's well known that offshore accounts are often used to conceal questionable behavior. The IRS does their best to monitor offshore accounts to prevent and catch tax avoidance. Every time a large scandal like this one occurs, it reminds the IRS of how important their monitoring and punishment truly is. There is a large focus on regulation for oil and gas companies overseas, but perhaps a larger focus on general overseas business practices might be a good idea. However, However, hopefully companies can learn from Caterpillar's mistakes and approach overseas business in a legal manner. Thanks so much for listening.